It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Let's go. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Today's show presented by... Our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. I'm Zach Blackerby. You're Michael Pappas. You were talking about how you didn't want to leave your apartment at all tomorrow. With Fetch Me, you don't have to. Wow. You don't have to go get food. They'll get wow. it for you. They'll get it for you. Wow. And if Auburn scores more than 85 points in tomorrow's game, you can use promo code AUBALL85 and you can get 50% off your first Deliveries. Shout out to the friends at Fetch Me. Thank you so much for everything you do and making everything possible. And supporting Auburn folks means a ton. Means a ton because they are Auburn folks and they get the true value and meaning of the Auburn family. Once again, Fetch Me 20 for your first delivery free. Free in your phone's app store as well as FetchMeDelivery.com. Michael Pappas, happy birthday. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, so we are going through the list of Auburn football players most likely to break out in 2020. You ready for this? A lot of people on Twitter said the last list that we did, as far as uh, newcomers we're most excited about, mm-hmm. people like my list more than yours. Uh, I, for one, n- did not see that one single place. Um, I had a few different people tweet at me. They tweeted at you, too, actually. I must have missed it. guess so. You get so many notifications, they just get flooded. But All right, so uh, I'll go first. Okay. I'll go first. We'll go from 10 to 1. That's how we do these things. Yes. My number 10 player, most likely to break out in 2020, Bo Nix. Bo Nix. He was SEC Freshman of the you Year had him number a 10? year ago. Yep. He's your 10th most likely? And, and my reasoning here is he's already solid. I think he takes a big step forward. But I wouldn't really say, like, if he comes out and throws for, you know, 2,500 yards, 3,000 yards, I, I don't know if that's necessarily a breakout. He may break records, but I think a little bit have, will have to do with Chad Morris. I think some of that will have to do with better offensive line play, better running back play. but So that, that's why I have him at number 10 and not higher. Okay. Uh, I have him on my list also, not at number 10. All right, so he's higher. We'll get there. We'll get um, there. I thought it, he was going to be controversial because you were going to be like, well, he's already good. It wouldn't really be a breakout. That's what I thought the controversial part was going to be. So I'm glad to find out he's on your list. Yeah, he However, makes the top 10. I think he's too low. Okay. Okay. Number 10 on my list, six foot four inch, 280 pound offensive lineman, Justin Osborne. Okay, I'm down with that. I only have one offensive lineman on my list. It's not him, but that's a really, really good one. From Flower Mound, Texas, I think he has a real chance to break out. Is it because he's from Texas? Is that what you love about it? No, man. I, I really I believe in Justin Osborne. I, I can't wait to see when more chatter comes out and who's fighting for each of these spots because so many of these guys are so versatile. I mean, you mentioned his size. He's going to have to put some weight on with that frame just being at 280. It's like, is he a guard? Is he a tackle? So we will um, we'll see what positions certain guys are fighting for. And I think that uh, I think Justin Osborne's a good one because I think he's a guy that could do either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you saw Auburn go out and get several Juco tackles. Uh, this past signing class, and so we'll see, we'll see if, if all of those guys play. And obviously, if they all play, they can't all play tackle. So I, I like that. I like that. And you know, once I got done with my list and I was looking at it, 
I, I, I kind of thought to myself, I need more offensive linemen on this list. Um, so I, I'm glad you put him on there. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like him at 10. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. You're welcome. You have any more to add on that? I do not. <laughs> All right, you go first with this one. Who's your number nine? Uh, my number nine is Cam Martin, five foot ten, hundred ninety pound running back from Port Arthur, Texas. He went to Memorial High School. He graduated. Uh, you did not say it had to be current players. I think he's going to be a breakout star in the XFL next year. Whoa! You told uh, me to think outside the box. I, I did. did. Okay. Uh, I think he... I, I mean, the, the name of the list is Auburn football players most likely to break out. So I guess he technically is an Auburn football player. And I think he's got a very good chance with his skill set and his size to be a breakout back in the XFL, where we know they have... I mean, th- even... You're, though, not, you're not even giving him a chance at the NFL level? I, I think he can break out at the XFL level because he... Because of his uh, athleticism and ability to uh, aid in the passing game. And I think that is going to be something that the XFL, you know, continues to be a super pass happy league. And so I think that that's going to benefit him in the long run. Just got a press release from Kirk Sampson. A day will kick off at 1 p.m. Central Time. And that will be on Saturday, April 11th. Tickets are on sale now. You can buy tickets for $5. That'll be a topic closer to time that I think it's ridiculous that they charge for that. But you can go to aubtix.com for that. Okay, the Cam Martin one is interesting. I, I, all, of, all 10 of the play, players on my list are on the team going into 2020. So I'm not going to be that outside of the box as you are. Uh, your top two guys are both from Texas. I think that is worth mentioning. Interesting. Hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm purely I'm, coincidence. I'm shocked. I assure you. <laughs> I'm shocked. All right, my number nine is Seth Williams. I think he breaks out in the sense of, once again, similar to Bo Nix, he's already very good, but I think he takes that next step, and I think he becomes Auburn's first 1,000-yard receiver in a long time. Okay, I guess that would break him out on the national stage. I think so. I think that puts him on uh, certain watch lists, and you know, I don't don't think this guy's going to win the Blitnikoff or anything like that, but I think he has a chance to, to be on a few lists, maybe, you know, make it on the... The you know the midseason watch list for the mm-hmm. award and some wide receiver awards. So I, I think it's going to be a combination of a few things with Seth. One, I think Bo Nix is going to get better. I think the offense as a whole is going to get better, and I just feel like other receivers are going to step up and help Seth out a little bit. So that is why he is number nine and not higher. Because even if he does eclipse that thousand yards, I think it's going to be from the help from some other people. But that is why he is number nine for me. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, do you want to do your number eight or my number eight? Uh, I'll go first this time. Okay. My number eight is my offensive lineman on the list, Nick Brahms. I think he is going to take uh, the step forward as being Auburn's main offensive lineman. You saw spurts of him being successful at the center position through spurts last year. I think it's going to be really important for him as far as calling checks at the line of scrimmage and helping uh, helping Bo Nix as far as you know diagnose blitz pickup. And if you had to have a guy that is returning, you want it to be your center. 
I think, unless you have a really, really good left tackle, which I don't think Auburn has this year because obviously they lost uh, Prince Tego. Mm-hmm. Why are you smiling? He was going to be on my list, and then I, I, uh, I didn't put him on. I, I thought long and hard about it, and he just he didn't make the cover me. But I like the pick. That's why I'm smiling. Okay. Well, Is good. that so bad? I guess not. But yeah, sorry. Why do you like the pick? Uh, basically for the reasons that you said. I mean, he's got every chance to step up and be, you know, a, a veteran leader on the offensive line. Uh, we know how important it is to have an experienced center, like you said. And so um, I – and so – I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought there. That's fine. You're and, back. And so I do like the pick. I mean, he's he has the potential to be the anchor on a very, very good – offensive line if they can step up as a whole I mean I think that they've got you know every opportunity with the younger guys and maybe Brahms can be that leader that they need sort of in the the Reese Dismukes mold or uh, Lee Zimba wasn't he a center also he's a left tackle okay never mind um, but even so these guys that are just kind of the the stalwart of the offensive line the what of the offensive Stal- line stalwart I think that's okay. it and it'll really help out the quarterback to have, you know, having a good center that helps you diagnose things is incredibly beneficial. The more I think about your Cam Martin at nine pick, the more I don't like it. That's pretty rude. Like, is Derek Brown on this list as far as breaking out of the NFL? I'll have to find out. All right. Who's your number eight? My number eight, six foot four inches, 210 pounds from. Keller, Texas, South Lake High School, Zach Farrar, Youngstown State. I almost put him on my list. Really? I, I did, yeah. Your third guy from Texas, worth worth uh, worth noting. Hmm. Weird how that happened. Big-bodied guy. Um, a lot of folks wanted him to step up last year. I'm actually surprised how little we saw of him last mm-hmm. year, especially since no one else really could step up to be that number two guy. You, you got to assume that Farrar had opportunities throughout the season last year in practice to be that guy. But if my memory serves me correctly, he showed up like a week or two before practice. So not enough time for him to be legitimately installed in the offense as far as learning plays and all that. So I think spring's going to be really big for him. I think he could be a dark horse to be the number two guy to Seth Williams sometime in 2020. Yeah, and they when he first came in, the idea was that he was going to be that field-stretching threat, and that was why uh, one of the reasons why going into fall – they had Schwartz and Williams playing the same position. Yeah. If you guys will recall that. And so uh, Farrar was being compared to Darius Slayton, who we saw have success at Auburn when he could hold on to the football. And he, He's bigger than Slayton. Yeah. I think he's a more physical guy than Slayton. But, yes, as, From, far, as, as far as being an outside wide receiver. The outside, the athleticism, the ability to go up and get the ball, the ability to beat defenders deep. I mean, he was a guy – who you could really see. And now they've brought in a ton of wide receiver talent, whether it's in you know this year, the 2020 graduating class of freshmen or the 2019 graduating class um, that would have been freshmen. In this. So the, run, the wide receiver room is incredibly crowded. It's full. It's full. But like you said, they're all younger guys. Yeah. Farrar's an older guy. He just... I think the timing on when he stepped foot on campus and became a part of this team was unfortunate. So, yeah, like Anthony Schwartz is not on my list as far as, you know, Auburn football players most likely to break out in 2020. I just don't see him 
doing that because his passion is track. He's focusing right now on being a track star, not on being a, a solid SEC wide receiver. And that's okay. He has a God-given ability to run straight really, really fast. And, and I think he can do it at the, the highest level in the world when he uh, is an Olympian one day. So Farrar, Farrar should have been on my list. The more we're talking about this guy, the more I'm thinking, like, ah, I, I whiffed on putting him in there. I put... I put several other wide receivers on this list. I did not put Farrar on there, and I, and I should have because he's got a chance to – I think he has a chance to be maybe in the top four on the team as far as receiving yards in 2020. And based on what he did a year ago and what Auburn had outside of Seth Williams last year, I think that would classify him as a breakout player. So well done to you, my friend. Thanks. Uh, I just want you to know that I did have Derek Brown on my list, but now you've shamed me into changing it. Okay, I think it's a good call. He's also not from Texas, so he wouldn't fit on your list. All right, Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Uh, You do your number seven first. Number seven, I have measuring in at 6'5", 237 from McKinney North High School in McKinney, Texas, Brandon (laughs) Frazier. Um, I felt like I had to put a tight end on this list. You didn't have to, but... I felt I'm like glad I that did. You did. There's been so much emphasis on the tight end position in recruiting, in I guess people talking, sure. and in everyone who has said anything about the Chad Morris offense is they love to be like, well, he loves to use a tight end. He loves to use the running back. He loves to use a tight end. Do so you, I felt do you like think I his had, impact will be immediate if it's Chad Morris's offense, and we don't. I mean, we don't know anything about. Okay, here's the thought process. We know nothing about Luke Deal and Tyler Fromm from last season, right? I mean, they just flat out did not play. So they're both going to be redshirt freshmen. And then that leaves you with that. And then so we have J.J. Pegues and Brandon Frazier, and we've heard raving and roaring about Brandon Frazier's ability to catch the football and run routes and things. I don't think he deserves on either of these lists because he's not coming in until the summer. I don't think that gives him enough time to learn the offense and actually play. And that may be true. but I, I think he's a guy that makes an impact during his Auburn career. I don't think it's in 2020. I think he will be high on both of our lists when we're doing this for the 2021 season, though. Okay. Okay. Um, again, my thought process was... You picked him because he's from Texas. We don't know anything about any of these four tight ends. And... Brandon Frazier is the only one from Texas. Did you mention John Samuel Shanker? I did not. Okay. Uh, I know he's playing baseball right now, so he's not. He's going to be limited in spring, but he got the most action last year. Do you consider him? I guess when I think tight end, I'm thinking of the four guys who are all you know six four or taller and are now the offense is going to change, but big dudes and last receivers. Year, it, I guess if it's what Malzahn has done the last few years, I would say yes. Now, is the tight end position going to look different next year? It might. And based on everything that we've heard, I think it's a solid chance that it will. But as of right now, last few years under Gus Malzahn, kind of it being truly his offense, not Chad Morris's offense, 
yes, I, w- I would I would say that Shanker is a tight end. I think we could see multiple on the field at the same time, even you know goal line stuff, short yardage stuff. Definitely, if you count H back a tight end in the same spot, yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. Two tight ends and an H back or something mm-hmm. like that. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. And you know, they want to run the football at times. I think that'd be that'd be well, solid. I mean, passing out of. One of the things that people are always so impressed with Kyle Shanahan and what Kyle Shanahan does for the San Francisco 49ers is uh, passing out of running formations. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons Greg Kittle or George Kittle is so uh, so valuable to them because they because he can do both. And so it doesn't tip the defense to what you're doing when he's on the field. Well, it, not only that, but when you're in a running formation – and like you have tight ends on the field, you counter that from a personnel standpoint on the defense of putting linebackers on the field. Yeah. And so like you're not going to be a nickel, you're going to have more linebackers, and just as a general rule, unless you're a freak like Owen Papo, you don't cover as well if you're a linebacker than you do if you are a defensive back. So yeah, uh, I think that's a great point. I think that's a great point, and that's something worth looking at. All right, my turn for number seven. Was he your seven? Was Frazier your yes. seven? Okay. Yes. My seven is... Freshman wide receiver Kobe Hudson. I think he will lead freshman in total yards. Yes, I'm including all freshmen in total yards of offense. So a lot of people are screaming, what about Tank? I don't think the Tank show is in 2020. We will see. We will see. But I, I'm just, I'm not seeing it yet. And I think Kobe Hudson is going to be a stud. You know, you talk about Farrar earlier being in the running for the number two guy in this offense. I think it makes more sense for Kobe Hudson to be on the field at the same time as Seth Williams. Seth, you know, that true outside wide receiver. Same with Zach Farrar. He's that true outside wide receiver. And we've seen Malzahn's fingerprint on these offenses as far as formations go. He doesn't like to use two big outside wide receivers at the same time. It's weird to me, but he just doesn't do it. Now, will Morris come in and change that? He certainly can. But based on what we've seen the past few years, I think um, I think the use of Kobe Hudson in that Ryan Davis role. I think he's got a chance to talk about it with Justin Ferguson on the show yesterday with The Athletic. He talked you know, super highly about Kobe Hudson and his ability to be a natural wide receiver and uh, you know, kind of use the phrase lightning in a bottle with him. That is, um, that's why I think he has a chance to be a solid, solid breakout player for Auburn in 2020. So who do you think is going to look better riding a tank to victory? Auburn football? Or Brad Pitt in the movie Fury? I, I guess Auburn football. I'm not even positive Brad Pitt was the actor. But since you said tank, that was all I could think about. Okay, that's fantastic. Uh, I do think you're, you're right about Kobe Hudson um, being a good player. Again, with such a crowded wide receiver room, it is difficult for me to peg him as... Um, as a guy who can make uh, a big impact on the game next year, uh, maybe he can in, in the return game. We don't really know uh, about kick returns. I assume it'll still be Tud on punt returns. Um, I don't even know if that's something Kobe Hudson does, but I don't know. He may very well end up being the freshman with the most yardage, but that could also be just because of the f- there aren't that many freshmen that get yards this year because – there's so much depth at the skill positions already. Yeah, I think Tank has a chance to take that title. It just depends who gets the job. I don't think it'll be him. We'll see. I think he'll be involved. I just don't think he will be the bell cow running back. 
We'll see. I, I, I think as far as receivers go, I mean, you mentioned how many are coming in. Kobe Hudson's the only one that's on campus right now. And that's important. Mm-hmm. We've seen in the past with Gus Malzahn and just across college football in general, if you can get in before all these other guys, it just it means so much more. Like the SEC, it just means more. But right. he still has to go through all of the guys that are older than him that presumably start ahead of him on the depth chart. As far as the role he's going to play, that flanker role, I think he has to be out Matthew Hill. Yeah, I mean, maybe that is it. I don't know. And I guess Eli, but they've shown that they Eli's not the same player after you know coming off that knee injury, and it's a shame. Maybe another year of rehabbing that and getting back to normal will help him get back to where he was. But I just think as far as the role of what Kobe Hudson is going to do for this offense, I don't think it's like, all right, there's receivers one through ten. It's, all right, you know, you got your outside guy who's one through three. You've got your flanker that's one through three. You've got your, 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 your slot guy that's one through three, your big slot. So, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So, I don't know. I don't know. All right, number six. Me or you? I'll go. I'm gonna go with another. Um, I'm gonna go with another wide receiver. I'm going with Shedrick Jackson. Oh, I agree with this one. Yeah, I think he's gonna get on the field a ton. I think he's gonna impact the game in ways it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. I think you're gonna see him in the passing role or the receptions wise role of Sal Canella. Um, and you know, I, I don't know if it was you that said this or Painter that said this once, where it's like, well, you know, obviously Sal Canella and Shedrick Jackson both were on the field at the same time when they wanted to go a little bit bigger. I think he's going to play a lot of slot. I think he's going to play a lot of big slot. And I think he's going to play in running situations, whether Auburn does like a wildcat role. will be interesting to see if they do that as much when Booby Whitlow is gone. But I think Shedrick Jackson is just going to be on the field a ton. And it may not always show up. You know, he may just have like... Kobe Hudson for wildcat quarterback 2020? Sign me up. I'm all in. I'm all in. What are your thoughts on Chedrick Jackson? Is he on your list? He's not on my list, but right after you said that, I was like, he probably should have been on my list. I mean, yeah. We've talked about him a couple times before. We know Gus likes to play wide receivers who are willing to block, and uh, a thing I don't think that you said is nearing the end of the season, it looked like Shedrick Jackson was a little bit of a bailout target for Bo Nix. Bo likes him. Yeah, so uh, that could be important for him getting some minutes also. So I I totally agree with you about Shedrick Jackson. I'm here for it. Sign me up. All right, give me uh, me your number six. My number six from Duncanville High School in DeSoto, Texas. Unbelievable. Six foot one, 201 pound, Chris Thompson Jr., I love this. I think it's annoying how all the guys you've picked are from Texas, but um, really, with the exception of Brandon Frazier, I'm fine with all of them so far, and, and the Cam Martin one that was bad. Um, I'm just it was this was an accident. I didn't mean to pick all guys from Texas. Just haven't worked out that way. Yeah, I don't believe you at all. But yeah, I mean, this is a guy that <laughs> you know he, he he's already on campus. He wants to play right away. And he thinks he's good enough, too. Oh, yeah. And I think the coaching staff thinks he's good enough, too. Is it all going to be on defense? I don't know. But I do think he's going to be on kickoff coverage. I do think he will you know, not have the opportunity to be redshirted because he's going to play in more than four games this year. And with, with you know, the mass exodus on the de- in the defensive backfield this year, with the exception of Christian Tud, all these guys are leaving, he's got a chance to be one of these reserve guys, uh, especially I, if you know one or two guys go down or you know they need to be subbed in. 
I think he's got a chance to play early and often. And I think he's more of the Jeremiah Dinson box safety type of guy, which would pair really well with a guy like Smoke Monday, who, I mean, I view at least as more of a coverage guy. So I think the role is definitely there for Chris Thompson to play. I think this guy just oozes swag. And I am in on the Chris Thompson Jr. train. All right, we're going to cut off our conversation for today's edition of the show right here. We're going to do the rest of this conversation on Tuesday. This has been fun. Happy birthday to you, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I can't wait to hear the rest of your list. Yes. Uh, Just going to give you a heads up. I have two more guys from Texas. I, I believe you. I believe you. So, uh... Yeah, we're also going to get into a little cornerback debate, which I look forward to. I love talking about defensive backs, so that'll be fun. Where can people find you and hear you, bud? Follow me on Twitter, at CouchPapTato, and watch me on ESPN 106.7's Twitter account at 3 p.m. every day for Free Money Friday. Every day, I am on fire. Yeah, you, you are red hot, no doubt about it. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. Following the close... We get a response via voicemail, the Locked On Auburn podcast voicemail machine. Slap out Alabama does exist. So listen for another two minutes or so to that. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.